the core values are embedded deeply in every single one of those programs. Our new associate orientation, right out of the gate, they hear about the importance of our values and which one they want to live the first 30 days of their new career. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. What gets you up in the morning? What drives your decisions? What do you stand for? No idea? Not even sure where to start? I use my values to guide my life and career. It's the basis of how I've built boundaries for myself and stuck to them. Are you ready to dig into what matters to you? Go to thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet. That's thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet to get to your core values and take action on what matters most. Welcome to this week's episode of the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. This week, I'm excited to welcome Lisa Reynolds to the podcast. Lisa has been with Christus Health for over 26 years and is the Vice President of Change Management. Lisa leads the people side of organizational change, ensuring change can be embraced, adopted, and put into practice. Through creating awareness, involving those affected, and offering support, Change management can ensure Christus models its core values while implementing change. Prior to this role, Lisa was the vice president of talent management and held previous roles in organizational development, patient experience, and risk management. Lisa has a bachelor's degree in management from Regis University in Denver, Colorado, an MBA with a healthcare emphasis from Louisiana State University, Shreveport, and a doctorate of philosophy and leadership studies from Our Lady of the Lake University in San Antonio. Lisa is a professional certified coach through the International Coach Federation, certified change practitioner through ProSci, and holds several behavioral assessment certifications. Lisa's passion is being a development chemist who serves as a catalyst that assists others in discovering and unleashing their talents to discover their full potential. Lisa believes everyone has the power to manifest a positive emotional state and create their destiny. Lisa also enjoys running, dark chocolate, and laughing with colleagues, friends, and loved ones. I was introduced to Lisa through a mutual coaching colleague that wanted to connect us together based on the work Lisa is doing with values within their organization. And in our conversation, Lisa and I discussed her career journey, her core values, how her core values align to her organization's values. We also talked about company culture and how to roll out organizational change while keeping your individual and company values intact. 
We talked about the importance of role modeling organizational values and how team values can be a way to integrate your leadership style while still connecting to the organization's values. Throughout our conversation, Lisa gave tangible examples of how to live your values inside and outside of work. Learn more about Lisa, the organization she belongs to, and connect with her. All of that information is in the show notes. But now, let's get started. Well, I want to welcome you to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Laura. I really appreciate the invitation you extended to me. Yeah, well, I was really excited that we were connected through a mutual connection. And I love it when that happens, when like somebody that you have in common, like knows that two people should talk and she was absolutely right. And I'm really excited to chat about all things um, values and change management with you today. But I, um, before we get started, I'd love if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and like about your career journey. So I'm not a native Texan. I was born in Oregon and grew up in Washington. And my first year of college, I was majoring in accounting. I thought I wanted to be an accountant. But after that first year of college, I hated it, got married instead, (laughs) and had a child at 20, very young, and then went back to school my whole life. But through my just learning in that career lattice, I got into a public library and did public relations for a while. And then I got into healthcare in Gillette, Wyoming at a county hospital, managing volunteers. And a CEO came and said, hey, would you lead our patient relations program? I said, sure. And then after I said, sure, it's like, well, can you tell me what it is? (laughs) I'm always jumping into new things, not really knowing what it is, but being willing. So I did that for 15 years at three different hospitals, two of which were Christus Health, where I am now. And through doing that, I found that my love in patient relations was coaching leaders on how to coach their team to deliver that great patient experience. So I moved from patient relations to HR in 04 in organizational development. And then that leader left and I got that leadership role, the system director of OD. And then in 2014, we transformed HR like a lot of big organizations did. And I got to lead our talent management center of excellence for several years. And then four years ago, I was asked to start the change management center of excellence. And um, and here we are four years later. And it's, it's a wonderful job. And it feels like everything I was doing up until this role was getting me ready for this role. I was doing change. I just didn't know that's what it was called. Plus, I've had a ton of change in my personal life with all the moves and career changes. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. I I always love hearing um, how people got into what they're doing. And I also loved hearing that you called it a lattice as opposed to a ladder. Can you talk a little bit about that? So, you know, I was a, a leader of a patient relations department when I was at our hospital in Beaumont, Texas. And then I really wanted to move to the leadership development space. So I And instead of going in as a leader, I had to go in as an individual contributor, but I really knew I needed that to get to the career that I aspired to be in. So it's not always going straight up. Um, We can go up and down and sideways. And it's just being willing to say, I don't know all of this, but I'd love to learn if you're willing to give me the opportunity. Yeah, I love that. It's an interesting move. I did a similar 
kind of shift. I had a team and then I went into an individual contributor role and it almost feels, it feels like, Oh, it's not, I'm very achievement oriented too. And it's, and it almost felt like I knew I needed to do it, but it still felt hard. And it was more ego than anything. I think now looking back, but it, uh, it was, it was one of the best moves I ever made was that was that role. It was so fulfilling and it enabled me to do so many other things. Um, but it, it's sometimes hard to make those decisions for the long term when in the short term, it sometimes feels a little in conflict, but it's the right path. Right. And I love what you said about it. Our ego gets in the way. Um, Cy Wakeman, who is a, a leadership guru, I study, she always says your ego is not your amigo. And I love that. <laughs> oh, that is good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as you, um, uh, we're going to talk a bit about values on the podcast. We talk a ton about values, about leadership style, and I'd love to understand your own core values. What are, what are those like? How do you utilize that within life career and especially kind of as a, as a leader within your team now? Yeah, great question. Um, I've done a lot of formal education around leadership studies and then you know just read about the importance of being transformational leader instead of transactional. And I really feel that to be a transformational leader, you've got to know your own core values and use those to make decisions and also to work in an organization that aligns with your values. So it's really helped ground me as a leader and make the right decision and um, have courage to speak up and say things that are in alignment with my values. So my values, I've gone through many iterations. Uh, I have five. And the first is lead with grace, because mm -hmm. I really feel it's important to treat people with dignity, help others grow. I, I love to pull out the hidden potential people don't see and help them make personal change as well as organizational change. Get it done. I have a bias for action. Sometimes I go too fast. <laughs> I nourish mind, body, and spirit because for in my early career, I thought the harder you worked, the more you would be appreciated. Uh, but really, it's we've got to have that balance and focus on ourselves so we can help others grow as well. And then the last one, courageously embrace challenge. I had a, a sixth grade teacher tell my mother that I was so shy, I'd never amount to anything. And oh, wow. And I thought, I don't want to be known for that. So in sixth grade, I thought I'm going to step out of my comfort zone as much as I can. So I do that professionally and personally as well. Oh, wow. Did you ever consider yourself an introvert? Do you still consider yourself that? Like, what's that been like for you? You know, I, I probably was an introvert going, growing up, but now I'm so on the opposite end. Uh, I probably just didn't know I got my energy from people and I was the middle child, so I don't know if I was people pleasing, so I didn't want to say anything to rock the boat. But through some great mentors and just constantly working on stepping out of what was comfortable, it's really helped me to grow and just have this zest for life and be extroverted. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting, the the labels that we get as children to how that can affirm or really kind of rock the boat to get us out of our, out of our comfort zone to, to almost prove it wrong. It's, it's interesting. I I've always felt like an introvert, but also labeled as an introvert, but over the course of my career have probably gotten more to ambivert or whatever you want to call it, but still love connecting with people 
um, just not all the time and knowing when to recharge and those kinds of things. So I, um, thanks for sharing that story. So as you think about your own values in and outside of work, and you even talked about how, um, I think we share this common belief that like, it is important to have alignment within organizational values and your own core values. So tell me about how that shows up for you. How do your values overlap with the values of the organization you belong to and work within? So Krista's core values are dignity, integrity, compassion, excellence, and stewardship, probably similar to a lot of organizations. What really I really love about Krista's is our values are more than words on a wall. We, we talk about them. They're built into our programs. We recognize people around our values. We um, judge performance by our values. So it's not only on what you do, but how you do it. And, you know, dignity is so aligned with leading with grace and excellence with getting things done. I've been here 26 years in June of this year, and it really is the values that keep me here and the people that live them every day. Uh, it's just so embedded in our culture. And I, I hear people that leave. Krista say, you know, I, I really wish I hadn't because there's something special about Christus. And I really believe it's our values driven culture. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting is as I do this work with different organizations, the values based work, it's so interesting just where companies are on kind of their, uh, their culture and values kind of journeys. And I think companies think they're further than they are in general, um, I think you all absolutely are like so far advanced than so many other companies in terms of integrated values into like all kinds of systems. And we'll talk about some of those in a bit, but a lot of companies when I go in and they're like, oh yeah, we have core values, but they're exactly what you mentioned. They're words on walls or on badges or on screensavers. It's more about the marketing of them and it's less about the living of them and um, the accountability of them, the incentivization of them. And so when you say, well, what does, you know, collaboration mean? You get like, you know, 12 different definitions of it and um, people really aren't sure what the right one is. And so it's really interesting. I think people think they're doing a ton of work, but maybe they haven't really dug in and integrated some of these things like talent management, like rewards and recognition, like hiring practices, like leadership development into their values. And so this idea of living the values, do you feel like there is a consensus of when we are living our values versus if we are not living our values? Like, how does that show up in, in your culture and how do you how do you even teach people to do that within um, within the system? I would say two years ago, I would answer it very differently that no, we're not, we don't have consensus what it means to demonstrate dignity or to foster stewardship. And we realized that during COVID and we really felt like we needed to amplify and refuel our culture because everybody was feeling so burned out and just all the stress of COVID. And so the change management team, we partnered with our mission integration team to bring a group of people together virtually uh, to share the stories of how we do live each of those five values out every day and helped that, that group helped us create. We created it together, three behaviors 
that demonstrate how we live that value out. So there's a clear description behaviorally. So we have the value, the definition, and now three behaviors. Yeah. And then we implemented that all across Christus with a lot of education and tools for leaders about how they talk about it again. So it integrates into everyday work. And then the final piece of that was each of our, we call our markets ministries because we're a Catholic faith-based health system. They implemented a recognition component where peers could nominate their peers for one of the core values and had to write how they demonstrate living those behaviors. And then with our nine big regions, we selected top five for all of those. So we recognized 45 people with beautiful award and hmm. swag bag. And then we have a storybook of their nomination. So we can tell hmm. stories of how people are living our values. And that's how we really connect our values to everyday life with stories. Yeah. I love what you said. It was the, it was the behaviors that were defined because I think when I see like, what are the values here? It's like the, it's the word or the phrase and it's the definition or maybe sometimes a a bullet or two, but the actual behaviors is the game changer, right? It's the, this is what it looks like. And so, and, and that, in addition to kind of the stories, it's stories that you can retell stories, people will remember stories you can look back at. And then also I would imagine that's just another positive reinforcement for people to do those kinds of things again and again. Yes, definitely. You know, we have a a practice at Christus of starting every meeting with a reflection or a prayer or story. So we're hoping these stories will be shared in meetings. And it does inspire those that were nominated to keep doing it and for others to want to live up to that too. Yeah, I love that. And it's, and it feels so that was very intentional culture work that you did in the pandemic. Yeah. And so it is that kind of with intention and then integration into all of that. So can you tell me now in your role and change management, I would imagine that there's just lots of changes that you roll out. And that part of that is keeping the culture intact. So can we talk about how do you do that with change management and even maybe talking about what you define as change management, how you think about it within your organization? Because I think some people have different definitions of that too. Yes. And our definition at Christus is that we want to ensure we're keeping people whole as we implement change and doing it in alignment with our core values. And so our team isn't always the person implementing the change. We're partnering with project teams to focus on the people side, that emotional impact. So we help them strategize, how do they create awareness about why it's even happening and make the choice to buy into it? It's oftentimes that they go straight to, here's what they need to know so they can change without sharing why it's so important, what happens if we don't change. And when we're talking about change, are we talking things like changing processes, changing structure, changing software, like any of those kinds of things? Are there anything more prevalent right now in kind of the the world of, of change that you're seeing within the organization? All of the above. So we're involved in some teams standardizing job descriptions. So everybody's jobs are going to change. Um, so dealing just with that change. And then we're implementing EPIC across most of Christus because all of our hospitals weren't on it yet, our electronic health record. So big system implementation. It's with a hospital we acquired in New Mexico and helping 
that hospital integrate into our culture and make sure that they feel whole through that change. Yeah, I I love the idea of feeling whole through the change. And so can you tell us a couple of things that you like think about or implement within the team to keep somebody whole? And how does that kind of align with their core values and their and the the company values as well? The first thing we always do is work with the executive sponsor of the change because they really need to be the voice and out leading it. Um, and we we use a term that probably many of your listeners will know, ADCAR, which is the individual building blocks of change. So a person first has to become aware of why the change is happening and not only what it is, but why. And then they need to know the benefits so they can create that desire. So if we can get the executive sponsor where the first time teams are hearing about it, they're hearing about it in a way that can help the change be more acceptable. That's the first piece of treating people with dignity instead of just saying, you're going to change this, but not tell them why. So that's what we do. And then we change the leaders that have to go then implement that change with their team so that they understand their role in change and they can assess where their teams are during the ADCAR individual change process. And then we always share, you know, the change team is here to support you if you feel like you're stuck somewhere because we want to help. Again, that's excellence, that's stewardship, that's dignity, integrity, Um, just creating a a safe space. For our acquisition in New Mexico, we're doing listening circles. We go out for once a quarter and just let people share what's on their mind because we really do want to hear what's top of mind for them and their concerns. So that's another way of having empathy and listening. Yeah. And then for that, that was an acquisition and then they're merging into your culture. So what is... um... What does that kind of timeline like look like and feel like in that kind of thing when it's like pure kind of culture change? They were an entity and now they're being integrated into into your culture. So we want to make sure we're pacing it right versus, you know, day before the transaction and day after it's night and day. So we're taking a very slow approach. Uh, They're not going to be onto our HRIS system till next July. So we had a year runway to do culture change slowly. So we have a a roadmap and we started out, you know, just sharing who Christus is and our core values and our cultural attributes. And, and then two months ago, we started rolling out living our values. So they'll know our mission, vision, and values. And then we'll start with you know, some of the leadership training to help leaders understand it first, um, integrating a mission leader into mm-hmm. their senior team, because that's something um, organizations usually don't have in the C-suite, but with a faith-based health system, you do. All right. So it's training, it's communications, it's the right pacing and timing, bringing in different leadership, leadership principles and training and really supporting and equipping them right. as they as they go through that change. And the the two-way feedback is so key too. Yeah. I love that. I love the two-way feedback and I love the, the cadence of the listening circles. I think it's, it's something that sometimes people think, oh, well, let's just do another survey. Well, sometimes people really just, they need to tell somebody how they're feeling about something. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the power of that, can you tell, um, just like, give us a sneak peek under the tent of like, what does that look like? Is that like, is that somebody from your team facilitates as like round table discussions or what does that usually look like? 
So with this example of our um, partnership with the new hospital joining our family, it's I facilitated along with the HR leader that's over this acquisition and our mission leader, so the three of us. And we did a session just for leaders so they could ask their concerns. And then we did additional sessions. Just come if you're interested. People weren't assigned. It's just mm-hmm. if you want to talk with the people from Krista's, ask questions, voice what's working, what's not, come for an hour and share with us. And then we took notes of all the questions, and then we'll get those published back out. Nice. And is that something that you do in person? You do it virtually both? Like what works best? In person. Yeah. Yeah. We like that. We're very relationally based culture. I love that it's the, you're going to them too. I would imagine that it, it feels like it's, they're in a safe space to be able to, to voice whatever they need to, to voice in those rooms. Yeah. My award-winning book, Values First, How Knowing Your Core Beliefs Can Get You the Life and Career You Want, is now available in audiobook. Since the book released just last year, the biggest question that I've gotten from readers is, is it available in audiobook? In this book, you'll get to hear my most pivotal career stories and some of the successes of my clients as you learn about the Values First framework and how you can take action on your life and career. The audiobook is narrated by me, so if you love this podcast, you'll love the audiobook. Values First, How Knowing Your Core Beliefs Can Get You the Life and Career You Want, is now available on Audible and iTunes. Again, it seems so simple if we just say, oh, we have a meeting and we listen to people, right? That seems simple, but it's such an intentional thing that you're doing at a certain pace to really ensure that voices are being heard. And it's also really simple to not do something like that. Yes. And we also were very intentional about, even though this is a year runway and, you know, after the transaction happened, you know, there's celebration and logo changes, things like that. But then if nothing happens till July, it's like, what's going on? So we want to keep them informed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you find that those kinds of sessions are two way or is it really just to take in information from them? It's two way. If we have answers to their questions that they're asking, we want to give it then. Uh, If it's something we're not quite sure how it's going to end up, we'll say we'll add that to the list and make sure it's communicated. So you mentioned a little bit about the leadership training. And so what other kinds of things are you building capability in and how do the values, are they interwoven into that as well? So I don't lead leadership training anymore when I moved over to the change management role, but uh, that team is just does amazing work. They have classes around people that are interested in being a leader. They're a new leader. There's a leader onboarding We have a high potential program. We have ministry leadership formation, and that's led by our mission team. And it is different to be a leader in a Catholic faith-based organization versus one that isn't. So how do we get them comfortable with speaking the language of our culture and our Catholic heritage? So the core values are embedded deeply in every single one of those program. Our new associate orientation, right out of the gate, they hear about the importance of our values and which one they want to live the first 30 days of their 
new career. I love that. The idea of um, starting out by living the values as like a, as a very important priority. Yeah. Yes. And then we also have a values-based decision-making model. Our mission team with that ministry leadership formation makes sure leaders understand when they're making big weighty decisions, they go through this discernment process and weighing the values against each other and what alternatives best align with our values. Yeah, I think that's so interesting because I in coaching, I love using values as like a filter for decisions too, but often sometimes our values could potentially conflict with each other or parts of it do. I know for myself, sometimes the my my get it done one is achievement. So sometimes that one gets in the way with some of the other stuff, right? I don't know if that's if that's a been your experience too, but similarly within organizations, like sometimes the values, um, one might make more sense depending on to lead with a a little bit more, right. Um, to make a decision. And so I love that that's part of the, how we make decisions here is by integrating values as well. And I have found even just using that model for a small decision with me, when I think of what are all the different alternatives that I may not have thought about, and then looking which one aligns with our values really helps me stay in alignment with mine and the organizational values. Yeah. And it's, it's such an interesting practice because I don't know about you. Cause if you, if you, I know from my own experience, if, if I put them front and center more often, then they're front and center more often. So I find that I'm, I'm making more of those decisions on the everyday kind of thing using values. And then when the big things do come up, it's a lot easier to go through that because I've been using them a little bit more. I, when you say front and center, I keep my values right here in front of me on my bulletin board. Yeah. And every associate has a badge buddy with our values, the definition and the behaviors so they can look at them every single day. Yeah. It's, it's great because as long as we're using them, as long as they're just not the words on the wall or the words on the badge or whatever, as long as we're like living them, I love that as just proximity to them, like a printout in front of me. I I, yeah. I think that's just really important. So for instance, you know, nourish mind, body, and spirits really important to me. And I used to forego working out and eating right just to get to work and get it done. But now I know that I'm much more effective as a leader and getting my work done if I work out in the morning. So I block till 8.30 and don't come in till 8.30 so I can get my workout in. And my staff said they love that because it gives them permission to focus on themselves too. Oh my goodness. I could not have have scripted that answer more for, I love it so much. The whole idea of as a leader, living your values, giving others permission to, to live theirs. I just resonate with that so, 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 so much. This idea of modeling them. Yeah, I think often we don't think we can do a thing when we actually probably have more autonomy to do a thing and um, seeing your leader do it and talk about it. Like my calendar is blocked at 830 because I'm working out. That's important to me. Um, What like the freedom that that can give somebody else. Yes. And, you know, the leading with grace, you know, I used to not want to ask a question because I thought. Well, everybody else probably knows that when I was earlier in my career. And now I'll say things and I've had my team um, 
So, you know, that is just so refreshing because I feel like I can ask anything now. So we really do have to model the behavior we want our teams to be living. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that's just another way to keep the culture, the culture. I think culture is, it's all the things, the norms, the, the way we do things, the written, unwritten rules, but the culture is often who we work with closest, right? Like that's where we feel it the most, I think. Yeah. And, and that's again, in a leadership role, I think it's kind of our obligation to live our values, which again, hopefully align with the organizations as well and show that, that those behaviors every day. And I think that's just what you said about, we see that with who we work with closest and it's so important to have a healthy culture on your team that aligns with the organization. And do you find that there are kind of separate team cultures that are still connected to organizational culture? This is the, this is what I'm working on right now. I'm working on my, my second book and it's all about creating a team culture that is aligned with your values as a leader, but also connected to the organizations. But maybe it's a little bit different than the organizations because it might discern a couple of those behaviors a very specific way for your team, or it might focus on a couple of those um, values that are most important for your team right now and kind of how that works together. So I'm in this kind of literature right now and I'm thinking about it all the time. So I'd love to hear your perspective on this idea of team culture versus organizational culture. I definitely think there are team cultures and, you know, within our system office here, with Christus, I see different team cultures, but even out in our different ministries, mm-hmm. they're all connected, but they all have a different feel. Yeah. And it's, you know, whoever's leading it sets the tone for the culture. And in my previous role in talent management, I would say are at the executive level, probably at frontline level too, people would be asked to lead more for not living mm-hmm. culture than for the work they were doing. Mm-hmm. And we always hire people for their their background and experience, but we need to get better at interviewing for their values and fit with the culture. I just uh, did a podcast on how individuals and organizations can integrate um, values into interviews. And that's, I think, something that I'm getting a little bit more into with some companies that I consult with. And it's it's really interesting um, that it could be, a, I think some companies do it really well, and then it just is an easily missed opportunity to be able to, as a candidate, talk about values alignment, right? And how you lead and those kinds of things. But then as an organization, it's a really great way to show th- how we live our values and make sure there is organizational alignment by the questions that you ask, right? Yeah. So, you know, putting in behavioral-based interview questions, that are aligned to the behaviors of your values, like, right. And into standard interview protocols, those kinds of things. Um, I'm getting pretty specific, but (laughs) I love, I love doing that kind of thing. So do you, do you see that um, you guys are moving towards more of those kinds of integrated processes, even at the front end of um, the employee, just kind of employee experience, candidate experience? Yes, and we're, we're actually partnering with our talent acquisition team on a project they're calling OptaHire. We're starting to use an assessment now with everybody versus just leaders. 
that will look at that. And then they're going to integrate a standard interview question uh, and even teaching leaders how to interview more effectively. So they're definitely looking at that and values are a huge part of that. I love it. I, I love hearing all this kind of stuff. I think these are like the tangible examples that when we say living our values, like these are ways to integrate them into processes, into standard methodology, and then also um, teaching leaders how to do it and why. And again, it's in and of itself, that's a whole change management process of changing how we interview, changing how we hire, changing how we train, all of that kind of stuff. But it's just another way to say, hey, this is important here. So important. You're going to hear about it right at the beginning. Yeah, it really is the core of who we are as an organization. Yeah. So if you can, what advice would you have for leaders who are in an organization that has a culture, they have some values, but maybe they're potentially not living their values every day? What can they do at the leader level? Um, to be more effective and to bring in their their values and lead with their values with their teams? I think the first thing always, as you know, is we have to look within. So how am I living the values our organization espouses every day and talk about them at my team meetings and then share examples of how I see the team living them, but then also get the team involved. If we were living the values every day, what would it look like on our team? I always like to say, work with the willing, you know, start where there's some interest and people will start saying, wow, what's going on with that team? I want some of that. And then just start sharing the knowledge. If you're not in HR, go to HR and influence, say, this is what I've done with my team. And here's the benefit I've seen. Is there any way we can expand this? I love that. Work with the willing. That is great. That is great (laughs) advice. Especially from a change, a change management expert. (laughs) Yes. When we first started our center of excellence, rather than just saying, we're going to go get in these projects, we just waited for people to come ask for help. And then as others have seen how we can assist, it just keeps growing. Yes. Uh, I love that so much. (laughs) That makes it a little bit easier. Just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. What is that though? instead of the push. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, last question, if you can tell me what other things do you do to do for the, your nourish value outside of work? You mentioned, you mentioned um, working out. What other things do you do? I love to hear kind of the holistic person. You mentioned learning, a continuous learner, that kind of stuff, but what all, what other behaviors do you have um, that you kind of hold sacred for yourself? I'm a voracious reader, so I probably read 100 books a year. So some are just for fun. I don't have to always be learning. That's my number one strength on the Clifton Strength Finder. So I have to make sure I don't overuse it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I love psychological thrillers. That may not seem like it's very nourishing, but they really help me relax. Hey, I am with you. I am a true crime podcast fan and that helps me relax. And some people think that that is a little strange, but I, I love it. <laughs> oh, I love that. I've met somebody that understands that. <laughs> yeah. I, I love to travel. I love beaches. So I go by myself once a year uh, to Riviera Maya and I just, I just focus on me. I get up mm-hmm. early and walk on the beach when the sun's rising and I eat well and Maybe have a few nice drinks. Uh-huh. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Things like that. And um, 
just making sure that I'm treating people with dignity, like I would want to be treated. Well, I just really appreciate sharing this space with you today. And thank you so much for your tangible examples of living your values inside and outside of work. I really appreciated um, just talking shop with you and um, now partner partner in crime also. That's right. <laughs> the true partner in crime. Well, yeah. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.